So I read in a book once, this is a quote from the book, when people fail to communicate well, they use semantics, quote unquote, as a cop-out to let themselves disagree. Actually, there are two possible reasons for the failure in communication. First, both parties are using different definitions for the same word. Or second, both parties are using different words for the same definition. Uh, last week during our hangout time before church, Pastor Rob and I were talking and I, like, I realized I don't know Pastor Rob really well. I've known him for a long time, but I don't know little things like what kind of music he likes. So I asked him what fellowship time is for, get to know each other more. I go, what, do you listen to music? What kind of music do you like? He's like, nah, man, it's like, I don't know, whatever's on, if you can correct me with anything. But he's like, it's not a big part of my life. Like, I don't think about it. I don't like intentionally put music on usually for things. It's like, there was a time I did, but not anymore. And then he asked me, and I, I told him some stuff, but I was just blown away by his answer because I didn't understand how somebody could not want to listen to music. Like my, So for my whole life, music has been such a big part of it. it gets, I listen to it to get through the day. I listen to it when I'm doing things I don't want to do, um, like run. Um, <laughs> I listen to it. I, Whatever, it gives me energy, so I, I love listening to music. And then when I told him, sometimes I just go in my room, lock the door, and put headphones on and listen to music. He was like, you just do that? Like, just to listen to it? It's like, yeah, I do. Anyways, so when I was nine years old, my brother started taking guitar lessons. And my brother was five years older than me. He still is. And, and so when I was young, he was like the definition of what cool was to me. Everything he did, I wanted to do. All the music he listened to, I wanted to listen to. Um, so I remember <clears throat> the first guitar he had and this little practice amplifier that he had when he started doing this. And I remember the very first time that he let me hold it and he showed me how to play a chord on it. Uh, I instantly wanted to learn how to play music after that. However, I felt more drawn to drums than guitar. I think partly because they seemed cool, like you just get to hit a bunch of stuff, so I liked that. Um, and one day when we were in Milwaukee on a trip uh, with my mom, my brother talked my mom into letting us stop at a music store so he could look at guitars, because he was really into this. And I remember seeing the drum sets set up in the store and immediately knowing that that was the instrument that I wanted to play. They just looked so cool, a drum set on their little like display stage. <clears throat> so yeah, so I wanted to be a drummer. Um, on our way home, I begged my mom to let me start taking drum lessons. Um, music equipment isn't cheap, especially when you have a whole family to, that you have to care for and buy food for and things. So like even entry level, especially with drums, even like entry level drum kits are a few hundred dollars if it's anything decent. Um, so now she had to find room in the budget to buy us this music equipment and to pay for us to do lessons every week. And she had a new hobby of running my brother and I back and forth to do our hobbies. Um, so when we got back to Appleton that night, we stopped at this little music store. It used to be right on College Avenue where Walgreens is up the road. Um, and my mom bought me a pair of drumsticks and a green little practice pad 
that was kind of like a solid green rubber Frisbee, and she signed me up for lessons. So the first few months I took lessons, I just had this, that little rubber pad for me to play on and hit with, and I was learning how to hold the sticks right and things like that. Um, because an entire drum set, even a cheap one, was so expensive, my parents wanted to make sure I was actually gonna stick with this new hobby. Um, so my brother and I started to try to play songs together uh, that he was learning at his lessons on guitar. They were usually Kiss songs, because Kiss was my favorite band for the first few years. I really got into music and was playing music. It was also my first concert, nine years old. I got taken out of school to go see Kiss, which is cool, kinda. And <laughs> I still, uh, so I still didn't have a drum set though. So I kind of lived the cliche that you hear a lot about when drummers talk about how they started playing drums. I set up, we had like a metal, Dick Tracy popcorn, like the 90s movie, Dick Tracy, my brother loved it, so he had this like popcorn tin from it that he used it as a garbage can, so I flipped that upside down. I got our pots and pans out and the tops of the pans for cymbals, and I put them all like on this thing I could move back and forth, and then he had his actual guitar and his actual amplifier, and we'd play Kiss songs for my parents. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, so eventually they, after a few months, they knew I was serious about it because I was annoying them with metal drums. And so they bought me a, a drum set and everything. So I continued with lessons for years and most of my free time at home was spent playing along to my favorite songs in the basement. And I really liked playing drums a lot. Um, so eventually when I got to high school, I felt like this was either going to be a pastime that I live by myself in the basement, uh, or I was gonna join a band. So I started hanging up flyers at music store. Man, this is before Facebook and everything. So I was writing up flyers, like 12-year-old seeking, you know, bassist and guitar player for band, uh, influences or Kiss and Metallica and Def Leppard and, like, and then like writing my phone number like up and down and then tearing it so people could tear your phone number off. Anyways, I, ended up, I got a bunch of replies because there was other kids that wanted to play music. There was also other adults that wanted to play music and I remember there was like a fireman that was like 42 and came over with his bass and so it's just a drummer and a bass, you can't play songs like that. Anyways, I had a lot of awkward, some fun, but some awkward situations meeting new people that I didn't know and then trying to do this thing together. But eventually I befriended some kids in high school who already had a band, they'd done all the hard work, they were already established and they were already playing shows and stuff. So I'd go to their shows and I slowly got to know them more and more. They became actual friends that I ended up going to church with and spent time with. Uh, and the more I was around them, the more I was beginning to realize that they weren't completely satisfied with their current drummer. And now I had my in. <laughs> so I weaseled my way into this band. So I eventually joined the band and we did pretty well. It was, it was a Christian metal band. Um, and for what we were, we did really well. We, um, we, there was like alternative Christian magazine, like it was a scene, there was a whole scene for this and we were getting written up in articles with that. We were talking like of that scene, like the biggest Christian alternative music record label. We were, and we were touring and things like that. It was, it was this thing. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, I jumped into that. That was going really well. Then there was this other band in Appleton that was more like emo and pop rock, and they were called Number One Fan. And they were the coolest band in town. They had the biggest following in town. And they had just signed, when I realized who they were and started listening to them, they had just signed a record contract with like a subsidiary label of Universal Records. So Universal Records owned the, the company that they had signed with. So these were the guys that I wanted to learn from. And I befriended them as well. <laughs> and they sort of became my mentors for leading my band to experience the success that we did. I kind of just looked at them, what they were doing, and I was like, guys, we need to do this, we need to do this this way, and yada, yada, yada. Um, so for those of you who know, Jonathan, uh, Pastor Jonathan, the former senior pastor of this church, um, he was the drummer of that band, of number one fan. Um, and so now Pastor Jonathan, with myself being a drummer, now he became my cool older brother that I was trying to be like. So slowly, my music taste began to change, and I was listening to like a little bit more classic things, not like classic like Kiss, but, and not like Christian death metal, but I started listening to things like Bruce Springsteen, Tom Waits, Tom Petty, uh, and stuff like that. So then I started seeking out local music that sounded more like these timeless bands to me. Um, and I soon met and befriended again another guy named Corey Chisel uh, that was playing music that was more in that vein, the stuff I had started listening to. Um, so like the metal band I was in, I befriended Corey and the guys in his band until their drummer quit one day. And then they reached out to me to ask me if I could help get them through the few shows that they had, at least for the time being, if I could just kind of help them limp along since they lost their drummer. So I was, I was drumming for two bands now. So I'd play a show with the metal band on the weekend, and then Corey and the rest of that band would pick me up from the show, help me load all my drums that came in the metal band's van into their van, and we'd go to their show, and I'd play a second show that night of two very different styles of music. Um, so I, but I was living this dream of like playing music. And Corey and Jonathan, and all the other guys in Jonathan's band had previously um, been friends that they played shows together and things like that, but they'd kind of fallen out of touch. And so as I became closer with Corey and I was still close with Jonathan and his band, they started to hang out again uh, like they used to when they were younger and touring together. So eventually, Jonathan started filling in on drums for Corey as well. So him and I would kind of trade off. And um, if I had a show or he had a show, you know, the other person would fill in if Corey needed somebody to play drums. Uh, and that was kind of the whole premise for what Corey's band was at that time, and kind of still is. But it was sort of a group of rotating musicians, and he was the constant. So the name of his band, quote unquote, was The Wandering Sons. So it was Corey Chisel and The Wandering Sons. And that name was intentional because it was this just group of rotating people he wanted to play with. So in that way, we were a band when we were up on stage. We were Corey's band, essentially. So this was a totally different experience than the other band that I was in. The band that was a traditional band of the same members, who were supposed to be like brothers. Um, you were either in the band 
or you were out of the band. So it was all for one, one for all type of thing. There was no coming and going like I was experiencing with playing with Corey. So eventually I left the metal band because I was growing tired of playing a style of music that I wasn't really in love with. Um, and so I also had more time to play with Corey because it, things started to conflict more and more. And if I had to do one, I wanted to do that one. So as Corey grew more and more popular, he started seeking more established musicians because that was the whole premise of his band. So he was having, when he was recording, he was having a member of like Bob Dylan's band and the drummer for Cheap Trick, who was also the John Lennon's drummer, all these people sit in and play either shows with him or record with him or both. Um, and I honestly couldn't compete with that. <laughs> so I couldn't compete with their status or honestly like with their skill level. I was like 18 or 19 years old. So I eventually stopped being asked to play shows with Corey as, as his career grew more and more and more. Um, so now I no longer was in a traditional, when you think of band, band. Uh, Jonathan and his band had also began spending more and more time touring and recording in LA, and they were on the road. So I'd still talk to them from time to time, but I didn't see them nearly as often. And I began to lose touch with them. And pretty soon my friend group was including less and less musicians, and I essentially found myself obsolete with playing music. Um, I stopped playing music altogether in a band, and I again became a bedroom musician, <laughs> playing cover songs on my drums and guitars. And um, that's kind of what I thought it was gonna stay for a long time. Jonathan and I had had a falling out um, right around that time when I, I, was, I lost all the bands that I was in. Him and I had had a personal falling out, not me and the rest of his guys, just me and him. Um, but eventually, uh, our paths did cross again. And um, he had left his band at that point as well during the years we weren't talking or hanging out. Um, but he was still trying to keep music a part of his life. Uh, he played drums at this mega church in Illinois, this giant, giant church. Um, and later he began writing songs of his own while he was doing that. And he started writing songs for other people as well. So he was stretching this muscle or building this muscle of songwriting. And it, he just, could, he, he remember, I remember him saying it just, he couldn't, he couldn't stop doing it. So he was out of the band, but he just couldn't stop doing it. So Jonathan and I repaired and things, and this was years and years ago, but then two years ago, Jonathan uh, came up to Ben and I, and I remember when, I think they had already talked, but I was standing right there when they pitched the idea of, Jonathan wanted to form a band and he wanted me to play bass, like him and Ben had talked about it and they thought I could play bass. Um, and he was gonna play drums and sing and I had never ever touched a bass guitar before. But I knew how important it was to Jonathan, how much he loved music and I wanted to support my friend and support my friend's dreams because I felt like I owed him so much. So I also thought it might be fun to be in a band again with people who I was actually friends with and I knew how to communicate with in a healthy way, which is something I didn't have the first go around. So over the last two years, I took to playing bass fairly quickly. I already played guitar and I have a decent sense of rhythm from playing drums for years, so it, it hasn't been that difficult. Um, but the, the band has become more and more serious over the last two years as well. 
And around a year ago, we started playing shows and we recorded a little EP and stuff at a studio. So it's been really fun. So now I'm in a band again, kind of. <laughs> and so when Jonathan started our band, it was really clear that this was ultimately his project. Ben and I felt like we owed Jonathan for everything he's helped us with. And since we both enjoyed music so much, uh, it seemed like a really fun way to help pay our friend back. Um, however, over the last year, my interest in the band has been growing more and more. I started, uh, I started to feel stronger and stronger emotions about how invested I wanted to be in the band versus how invested I felt like I was being allowed to be uh, right now because this was ultimately Jonathan's project. So I wanted to be in a band again. I wanted to be a member of a group of brothers who were all contributing equally and were all bringing something to the table. I didn't want to be a wandering son again who is easily discarded when someone else comes along. And I wanted to be recognized for what I uniquely had to offer and earn a, earn a place for my opinion to be weighed out equally as well as everybody else's. So this was definitely a change to how things had been going up to this point, how this project started. Jonathan is the primary songwriter in the band, and he and his wife Morgan have been the primary ones running the business side of the band as well. But now I wanted to be part of that inner circle. So when I could feel resentment stacking up over the last couple months by how limited I felt in my opportunities to voice opinions, I knew it was time that I had to talk with Jonathan before that got out of control. So he and I had a very, very emotional conversation over an hour and a half or so on the phone. Uh, we were starting to understand where each other were coming from, but we still weren't completely on the same page. So essentially up to this point, I felt as though Jonathan wanted a quote unquote band to support the songs that he was writing and this project that he had. And my attitude, although at the start I was all for that, I wanted to help my friend, was now shifting, and I wanted to be an owner of this project as well. So last Tuesday, our band practice became an hours-long conversation over these differing opinions. Ben basically was awesome and mediated as Jonathan and I struggled to understand each other. Emotions were running really high, and at certain points, it made it really difficult to stay rational in the moment for both of us. Essentially, this all came down to a definition. We had both been using the same word to define different concepts. Jonathan essentially saw a, saw a band as a group of musicians who play music together. He was essentially viewing a band much like Corey did when I played with him. It was a group of musicians who played together but could be traded out on an as-needed basis if it really came down to it. Because of how this project started and has been operating, I, I, although it was painful, I could totally understand why he saw that that way. However, I was also using the word band to describe what I wanted as well, to be a part of a group of musicians that made up a band, each member being valued for what they uniquely brought to the table and therefore being indispensable because all of the members' individual uniquenesses is what made up what that band was. Without one of the parts, it was no longer a band. 
So there was a lot of emotions flying around, and it was a conversation that needed to be handled with our words in a very surgical fashion to make sure that we weren't going to hurt each other. So this week, through tears and frustration, we have come to understand each other and uh, be more unified, at least through understanding as to what we currently are and what we may be potentially working towards. So this was a conversation that could have torn Jonathan and Mai's friendship apart had we both not known how to communicate in a healthy way. Uh, and the biggest step in us being able to do that was to know exactly what each of us actually meant when we used the word band. Jonathan and I had a major falling out, like I said before, around 16 years ago, and we didn't speak for three years. Uh, we eventually repaired that with each other, uh, like I talked about, but this was the first time that I felt like we had a chance to experience that all over again. Um, because we both took the backward step to find out exactly what we each meant when we used our words, we avoided that falling out this time like we had last time. And we actually feel better about each other now than we ever have been. So I wanna do the whole write it out again. Um, I think a lot of people enjoyed that last week. I enjoyed it last week. I sat down and Elena had half her story written out by the time I sat down with pictures to go along with it. So uh, I want, want to leave you guys with a question. And again, it helped me to write this story out, especially since I just lived it this week. Um, and it's helped me as I talked it out with people, as I wrote it down, but as I talked it out with people. So I encourage you either while Ben is going through the first couple of songs for worship, uh, that are just instrumental. If you already have your answer, if you want to talk to somebody here and just share it and hear what their answer is, by all means do it. You're not offending anybody by talking, and I actually encourage it. Otherwise, I encourage you to share your answer with somebody you trust this week. So the question is, what is a misunderstanding that you've had with somebody because one or both of you didn't understand what the other one was saying, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> 